Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we are coming back at you with a big old sandwich full of games and stuff. Uh, because last week, if you uh, if you listened to the show, it was notably shorter and it was uh, for just for brevity's sake, since we forgot to record half of it. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what we got. But this week, coming at you with just a big old hefty boy, a big old chonker. Uh, a big Yeah, we like it. Um, Corey, how you doing? Um, I'm pretty good. You know, work a little busier this week, but I uh, got a little bit of gaming in. I have a lot of gaming planned for this weekend. Uh, my wife is out of town and it is boys weekend with me and my pup. Um, so it's going to be very nice. filled with a lot of gaming, a lot of better soccer. And um, yeah, it's going to be a good, good time, as they like to say. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How's uh, your week been? Not too bad. Um, work is work, such as yeah. the corporate life. Um, yeah. You know, rather than doing meaningful things, I spend a significant amount of time sending redundant emails and spreadsheets and getting having meetings over how this mm. spreadsheet was not sent in the proper format, whatever. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. But, you know, that's. That's not where we're here to talk about, Corey. That is not. Um, because I've been talk about. every moment that I've had a just in my car being quiet, I'm thinking about how frustrated I am about that stuff. So yeah. today we're talking games. We are talking games. Yeah. Uh you've been playing and finished inscription. We talked a little I bit about have. it last week. Yes. I know you don't want to like delve in a ton a ton because that may give some of the it, sparkle a, yeah i think you give a good bit of it away but i am very excited to talk about what i think i can without uh ruining anything for yeah. anyone yeah um i have been playing ghostwire tokyo and more Ooh. overwatch 2 to everyone's chagrin um but then on the but on the top end of it we have some news and some yes. just general musings and things. And then on the back half, a long awaited discussion that we were going to have last week that was ended up cut just because we didn't have time for it. Um, it's Halloween season and we're talking about the idea. I, I feel like we're going to stumble through this because I was like, really, I was really kind of in the zone for it last week. And now we're just, now we're coming back to it. So we're going to see, but it's, uh, we're going to talk about like just, the nature of disturbing things in media and like, is it what, what makes disturbing things necessary? What makes like good, just visceral horror actual, actually worth it or just, you know, something that you should steer clear from. So, um, a lot of stuff going to talk about a lot of stuff, Corey. Um, but first, talk about a little bit of news things because this week we're kind of hitting that big old flood of uh fall games 
Um, So we got Mm -hmm. new reviews. We got new previews. Um, Corey, big one out of the gate. God of War Ragnarok. Impressions are kind of coming out. People are playing the game. Um, I think for review, but, you know, I don't know if it's there are parts of it that I mean, I know the game is embargoed, but I don't know, like, how much they're allowed to kind of share. But there have been a number of like, here's like a first five hour preview or whatever of the game. Um, and bump it bomb. Let me I don't have my drum roll oh, ready, okay. Corey. I'll, um, I'll just pass on it. We'll do, we'll do it next time. Um, it's good from all accounts. People are yes. uh, people are happy about it they seem um have you seen anything that stands uh, out uh fortunately i think i have seen some stuff i feel like um some of that's already been spoiled sadly by oh, playstation's really? own account okay yeah um r- run away from it if um <laughs> if people are like oh wait no like there's a it sounds like a pretty like large spoiler um that they just tweeted about um I mean, it sounds like it is like kind of the opening bit of the game, but it's um, I'm not going to say it because I don't want people to be ruined by it. But I will say that the impressions, everyone's just like, yeah, it is God of War, um, but stuff is happening in, in this one. Because okay. I think uh, 2018's God of War is kind of a slow build. Um, yep. Like it, it works itself up and like it crescendos very well. I think a lot of people being like, oh, no, you are in the thick of things like out the gate. Like it it has a story to tell and it's intent on telling it like immediately. Um, but it sound by all accounts, it sounds like it's really good. Um, it sounds like uh, you're you're going to be picking up kind of where it left off in terms of a lot of things in terms of like skills, abilities, stuff like that between Kratos yep. and Atreus. Um, which I think is pretty sweet. Um, that you don't have to worry about like building Atreus back up how he was in God of War 2018. Instead, like, no, he's he carries his weight, he is like his father's son, like, he can hold his own. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think embargo reviews are lifted on November 3rd. We had a couple, we had a couple weeks, um, until we like hear like final like people being like yeah 10 out of 10 for my gn or whatever or something like that yeah um but by all accounts everyone's like yeah it's it's exactly what you want and that's a good thing yeah yeah it um and i think that that's that's probably the thing that i'm most interested in seeing because the original god of war or god of war 2018 the original Mm -hmm. remake reboot um it it really was about that like journey and that growth of mm-hmm. Kratos and Atreus and um the idea because you know I'm seeing a lot of that too where it's like no you're you're in it that dynamic that was going on throughout the end of the game that continues mm-hmm. to go along. So I'm interested to see where it goes from there. Like what is the trajectory of that relationship and the whole story and everything. So yeah, I mean I didn't it's not surprising. I didn't expect anything less. Um, but, you know, it's good to hear. I mean, because people could also just be like, no, it's actually kind of a poopy. Um, I'm not yeah. loving it. <laughs> and that isn't the case. So yep. anybody who was worried, um, worry no more. Yeah. 
but I, I would, I might, I need to actually probably go and just mute a lot of God of War, God of War Ragnarok stuff on social media because again, like I was just scrolling, I saw it like, well, thanks, PlayStation. <laughs> Good way to like ruin your opening, kind of a thing. Yeah, um, fortunately, so, I yeah, again, that, I would, so. I, I would avoid it. Yeah, no, I mean it's a, a hefty spoiler. I would say if you're really wanting to go okay. in blind, uh, it was. I was just like, well, that sucks. I wish I didn't know that. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I mean, like you'll read and be like, oh, why would you say that kind of a thing? Um, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, on the other end, I was going to, in my head, I was trying to think of like what could be a potential spoiler, but kind of like very outlandish. And then I was like, well, no, I don't want to say something. And it sound really off base, but then you'd be like, yeah. no, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to move on. Corey, um, have you also seen previews for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are starting to kind of trickle out as well um i think oh, i did not like, see that actually yeah um i don't know i don't know if they're from like review copies or if they're just from i think they're mainly from like um some event previews that are okay. going on um but very interestingly um see i mean here's the thing love pokemon gonna play pokemon mm-hmm. this pokemon could be complete ass and i would still play it um but people are like the previews for it seem like people are pretty hot on it like to the point where it's like no this is pokemon's breath of the wild like if you if you're looking for pokemon's breath of the wild this is going to be it because they're talking about like you know how open everything is and how much there is to do and also just the general traversal where it's like yeah you can you know, once you have your bike legendary, you can run off a cliff and you can glide and then you hit a cliff and then you can climb up the cliff and then you can, like you're doing all of these Breath of the Wild things, but yeah. it has all this freedom and you can go over here and you can like follow this path and do this thing. And it's like, I don't, I mean, it's going to remain to be seen like there were elements from Arceus that people really liked about having this kind of like these big alpha Pokemon and being able to, you know, I'm not sure how much of that is going to translate over. And then like, are people going to be disappointed? Who knows? Is the game going to be like super easy in spots or like, how is stuff going to scale when you can just Mm -hmm. go anywhere? Like, you know, some of that kind of, I'm sure kind of remains to be seen. Um, But at least from the atmosphere of stuff, it seems like people are pretty hot on it. And they're, you know, the, the feeling is not, they're not coming away being like, Oh no, this is not all that great. And I'm sad. Um, people are actually kind of digging it. So that makes me happy. Um, because you know, people came into like when sword and shield was coming along, even toward the end, I think there was kind of like the general feeling of like, eh, it's not quite what we want. And I right. lo- I ended up loving Star or Sword and Shield. Um, I was gonna say Star and I don't know, maybe another Star. Star, star and Star. Yeah. <laughs> um Star Squared. The, yeah, Star Squared. Um, but no, I mean I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited to kind of see what's going on. Also really interested because like there's been more information about the whole uh terror type stuff. And I yeah. saw something I haven't I haven't been able to 
find it again, but I heard something. Because, I mean, the the big conceit with, like, the terror-type things being, you know, you can have your Bulbasaur, who mm. is a grass-type, and then can terror-type into a water-type. And, like, now has, like, water stats and abilities. And I think the assumption was that, like, okay, well, every Pokemon just has a terror-type, you know, and that's it. But there's there was something that's leading me to think that, like, any Pokemon has the potential of having any Terra type. So like you yeah. could find a, uh, a Pikachu that is a rock that has a rock Terra type or a ghost Terra type or a, you know, yeah, maybe, the, I don't know. Uh, they showed in uh, the most recent preview. It was like a Jigglypuff, which is a normal type had, I think like a grass or water, like Terra type like that. Uh, that is confirmed to my understanding okay. of like, well, and, and, Sorry, I, I mean, I knew that they would have, like, different ones. I guess I just didn't know. I figured there would be a limit. Like, Pikachu yep. would only... It's only possible that you would find a Pikachu with a grass, a flying, and a rock terror type or whatever. But, like, it sounds like the potential's there that mm-hmm. you could find one that has any. Yeah. Um, which is interesting and super neat. Um, so... It adds a whole nother wrinkle to... Not only the game and like combat and how you like want to approach like gems and stuff like that, but like in terms of like PvP as well, like online battling. Yeah, I feel like it offers like a completely different like a layer to like how like fights would go. Okay. So yeah. Um yeah. Just this just this line gets me excited. Scarlet and Violet aren't flipping... I'm reading from Game Informer. Scarlet okay. and Violet aren't flipping the formula on its head, but there are enough changes that I'd call this the biggest generational transformation in years, perhaps, in series history. Hey, things you'd really like to hear. That. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, more concrete stuff, Corey. Um, reviews are happening. Um, Mario Rabbids Spark of Hope. Are you going to play oh, yeah, that? that um, probably not. Um, oh. No, no. Hey, no, no hate. Uh, well, so okay. Let's 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 get a couple of things clear. Um, <laughs> you don't this, like Mario. You don't like Rabbids. You don't like hope. Well, moving past past those three statements, which may or may not be false or true or however you want to perceive them. So for Mario, I don't know if I'm ashamed to admit this, but I've never really played a Mario game like outside of like maybe Mario Party or like Mario Kart, um, stuff like that, like a mainline Mario entry. Uh, Not that Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope is a mainline Mario entry, but yeah, no, it is like that just. And um, I don't know if I want my first, what I consider to be Mario game, to be Mario <laughs> Rabbit Sparks of Hope. No offense to, to this mashup, to this team up, to hope itself. Um, but it's, I'm just like, is this, is this really like my, my starting point in the series? Do I really want to look back and be like, yes. You know what got me into Mario? Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I mean, and the answer is you, no. You say that, but okay. I want you to. I want you. Have you looked up any of the reviews, Corey? No, I don't want to be tempted. 
Okay. Um, can tens? you can you tell me? I'm trying to find it. Um, can okay. you tell me what do you think the Metacritic on uh, Sparks of Hope is? Seventy-eight. Wrong. Ninety-eight. <laughs> also wrong. <laughs> Twenty-eight. For, pers- for perspective. Uh, I'm trying to look up recent stuff. Uh, for perspective, a plague tale requiem, eighty-three Metacritic. Sure. So, by relation, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Everybody say it with me. Has an eighty-six on Metacritic. Wow. Yeah, boy. Can't um, review about it. <laughs> I, literally, though, I mean, like. I, I think it would be something that you should definitely at some point go and play, just given like your interest in tactics games, okay, because fair. legitimately it is a weirdly surprising thing. Cause like I have zero interest in the rabbits and having played the original kingdom battle, like there's, it leans really into like corny outdated humor. And there's a lot of like weird stuff, but like the game is so good itself. Mm-hmm that you really get past that. And apparently sparks of hope is even better. Um, cause what did kingdom battle get? Kingdom battle got an 85. Okay. So very close. Yeah. Nice. Look at those. Both of them better than a plague tale. The ratning, um, which the, the return of the ratning, <laughs> which speaking of also released Corey, you have not played it. Unfortunately, I own it. Um, but I do not, I have not played it. So, wah, wah. sorry, wah, I promised wah. I would have it, but uh, inscription took all my time this week. Yeah, um, that's okay. We'll we'll hear some more from you, I'm sure, at some point in the future. Um, I've never heard you not talk about um, a plague tale, so I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll come up at some points. <laughs> it absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, on the sad side, though, uh, Gotham Knights. Came out. Um, has a, again, Metacritic stuff is very kind of take it or leave it, but has roughly a 68, 66 to 68 on Metacritic. Better than um, I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, some places, the consistent thing, I mean, some places are like Twinfinite uh, gave it a 90, uh, Gaming Trend gave it an 85. But then you have your like, so it seems like 80s are pretty solid. Game Informer yep. gave it a 73. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those kind of things. Everything that I've seen from it has essentially said like the story stuff is actually pretty cool. Like a lot of if you're into the Batman universe, like a lot of the stuff that you're learning in the Batman mm-hmm. universe and the stuff that you're interacting with is really neat. Um, but apparently like the combat's just kind of dull. Um, it's not super engaging and they really do try to push in. And this was one of the big, like, I think one of the biggest red flags for me looking at it was them putting in the RPG systems where it was like, you're getting new, Mm -hmm. like I, I don't mind RPG systems in stuff where numbers go up and you do whatever, like I 
you might say I even like it, given how much I, <laughs> I like <laughs> JRPGs and other things. Yeah. But it's just not like that is not something that I'm interested in doing as Robin in what is yeah. effectively like an Arkham style game. Like I'm not yeah. interested in getting like, well, this mask has plus two dexterity and now I'm finding this other mask three feet away that is plus three dexterity. And yeah. oh my God, like what am I going to do with all of this cool stuff? Um, so I don't know. It's I'm prob. I, I really like Batman canon Mm-hmm. Um, and lore and all of that kind of stuff. I want to play it. Um, I, I'm there to where I yeah. want to play it. It's just, you know, I hate that it's not like knock it out of the park experience yeah. the same way that like, and which granted, I mean, it's made by a different team than the, the Arkham. traditional Arkham trilogy, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a bummer that like, it's not quite as good. Is it free to play or no? No, it is a I, I full figure. $70. Oh, yeah. That. See, if this was a free-to-play game, I would be all in. But a $70 game? Yeah. You let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely won't be anytime soon. Um, what am I missing, Corey? Uh, um, Silent Hill 2. Oh, yeah. Silent Hill. Oh, also, um, yeah, they showed off. Uh, Resident Evil 4 remake yep. trailer, mm-hmm. which looks very Resident Evil 4, but yeah, Silent Hill um, had like, weirdly after no news for years and years and years yep. all of a sudden had all of the news new yep. Silent Hill remake, a new Silent Hill game, a Silent Hill interactive thing, a Silent Hill movie um, all of this different stuff, which like yep. I mean, admittedly, no offense to anybody, but like didn't interest me in the least because I've never played a Silent Hill and probably never will. But yep. um, people are excited about it. And I mean, legitimately, like if like I'm I'm all about them bringing it back and doing something cool if they. Uh, the if fans are about it. The third person survival horror is definitely back and back in full force. Oh, yeah. Um, not that it, I think it ever truly left, but it, it you know, it just kind of waned for a bit. But now with Resi 4, Dead Space, Callista Protocol, um, Silent Hill 2, uh, Alan Wake 2, all yep. of that's coming around. And it's just, it's having a revival, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's cool to see. I know a lot, there's a lot of people who like those styles of games. I'm not one of them. Uh, you know, Last of Us 2 pushed my heart rate to the limit. And I would say that's probably the tamest of all the ones I just named. And um, yeah, it's uh, for those of for the people who like it, it's a good day for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Um, but it's I mean, it's that time of year. Stuff is, it is that time of year. Stuff is coming out and stuff is exciting. And if you want scary games, there are scary games, um, which speaking of scary games, Corey. Um, let's move on into the big meat and potatoes. You've yeah. been playing the scariest game in all the land. Um, I wouldn't say that, but it was a very, um, unsettling experience. Um, I have played and I have finished inscription. Look um, at you. Yeah. Yay. 
So I'm going to talk about it a little. I can't talk about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. yes, 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 yep. yes. Oh, yes. I'm the best. I know. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Keep yep. telling yep. me. Feed my ego. Um, but uh, I don't want to talk too in depth about it because I think it, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. Um, I think it is an experience, like a game that everyone needs. Not everyone needs to play. Uh, let me walk that back. Um, uh, but I'll, I think if you have the stomach to get past like some of the initial bit of it, um, it, it, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say everyone loves it. But uh, the the game flips itself on its head a couple of times. Um, but I, I specifically want to talk about the first part in detail because, in my opinion, in my opinion, it is the best part of what is a three four part experience. It's a little bit longer than I thought it would be. But the first part of inscription. Um, so after we recorded last week, I was playing some more, and eventually I could get to where I'm like, okay. Um, just like I can get past the whole unsettling, like I've been kidnapped in this cabin. He like kills me over and over X, Y, Z. I could, I kind of just like push past it because it just kind of happened enough to where I could be like, I'm frustrated at this point and not like spooked anymore. Um, but the first part of inscription is quite possibly one of the best games I have ever played. It is goodness. And it, as a card game, the level of detail, the level, I'm not going to say of, of skill, um, because um, I think I talked about the death cards you can make. Like, death has a reward in this game. You yep. can eventually make some, like, insanely OP death cards, which I did, which is how I finished my run. The game wants you to. It wants you to be able to um, break it, essentially. Um, but that probably like three, four hour, um, window of the first part of the game, I am like, it is electric in terms of like, once you understand the, like the basis of what every card can do, what like their special abilities that they can do that you you can add to your cards to how you can create cards. So like the general, like maneuvering of the map and it's like okay in the distance i can see there's a regular fight or there's a fight where he's going to get like some power-ups that's going to put me at disadvantage um, but there's better stuff i can pick up on the way there and there's worse stuff i can pick up on the way here so the different like boss fight mechanics and how like it shifts itself around it is a like my final run when i it was it, everything was clicking. I had done everything I needed to do in the cabin. And it was like an hour of just pure joy of like, I am whooping this man's ass. I I'm like, I'm getting the combos down. Like I know what to play. Um, Cause I can see what he's about to play. I'm like, okay, if I play this, I'm gonna be able to take out both of those things before like he even gets a chance to do anything. I have this guy over here who's soaking up all my damage. This guy who's like tearing him apart over on the other side. like just destroying any card he puts down. It is truly like, it's so good. Okay. And then it's not after that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, The, again, the first part, like once it clicks, it's so, so, so like, I think I texted you like, it would have been my game of the year last year. um, Had I played it last year. 
I, I truly think it was that good. Um, just the first part of it. Now, the next couple parts, I'm not going to spoil anything, anything like that. I just wasn't like the biggest fan of them. I mean, where it is a, it, it, you know, it, it does some things. Um, and I would say it gets a little bit, um, more unsettling, I think, uh, as it goes. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but it, like in a different way to like, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't like this. This is like before I'm, I'm like, I understood my unsettledness. I don't understand this and I am scared. Um, but, uh, I think it ends on a peculiar note. Uh, but okay. all around, I really enjoyed it. I'd probably give it like an eight out of ten. Um, but so much of that eight is weighted in those first like four hours of the first part of the game because it is head and shoulders above so many other things I've played. Um, yeah, Inscription, very very good game. Um, know what you're getting into if you're going to pick it up, and um, yeah, like I would. If you don't like what's happening as it's um, after the first part, I would push through to the next couple of parts because I do think seeing the end is worth it. Um, though, just play it in daylight if, uh, if you're a little creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely has that, like, again, Halloween vibe. It's very, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, it's very just in this age, in this era in this kind of like time of year where it's a good game to play despite not necessarily being like jump scares and everything abound like it's very just kind of like an unsettling creepy feeling sometimes is the best form of Mm -hmm. horror yeah i mean i think i think the whole game is very much up your alley chris i think you would like top to bottom you would be a gargantuan fan of it Okay. Ripping my teeth out by the root, just throwing them in a bowl, just like this is it. Oh, Take them. Some of the other stuff you get is so much worse. I thought that was bad. <laughs> you get like another thing, and it's way worse. Oh my gosh! I was just like, oh, please don't make me do it. Please don't make me do it. Oh, I gotta do it. And oh, oof. it's it's rough. <laughs> well, it's true. rough. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll probably honestly, yeah, I'll I want to pick it up. I want to play it. I'm kind of like maybe I'll get it in the next couple of days, pick it up and play it for some Halloween, maybe, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what I'll do. Stream it. Yeah, I could stream it um as I do with things cuz I stream yes. nothing. Um Relatedly, Corey, but much less scary, you might be surprised to know. I've been playing Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes, yes. Tell me about um, this. I, I don't yeah. know if I'll pick it up, but I I want to know about it because it's very intriguing. Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't remember or didn't hear anything about it, Ghostwire Tokyo is a game that came out in April-ish, March, April, April of this year. Yeah. Um, and it is very like, let me, I want to see what the pedigree of the studio is, but effectively like the game 
was kind of marketed as this like kind of open world first person almost kind of like horror-ish kind of thing. Like those those were the first trailers that I feel like I saw gave me the vibe of like, okay, it's first person, it's supernatural, you're seeing spirits, and it's kind of scary. Um, yeah, so it's made by the same company that made the Evil Within series. So yeah, um, designed to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more scary. Um, but my experience with it like my my entire arc with this game started with seeing the trailers, having zero interest in it. I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to handle this. This is seems too scary. Um, then seeing more trailers, realizing okay, maybe it's not going to be super scary, and getting kind of hyped for it. Yeah. And then the game dropping, reviews kind of coming out and being kind of like, eh, you know, it's it, it it's what it is. Um, and then being like, well. Maybe someday I'll pick it up, um, which is now. Uh, someday is now when it's happening. Um, I would describe Ghostwire Tokyo. I was trying to see what the... Okay, so the Metacritic, 75. Not too okay. bad. Um, Not the worst. Better than Gotham Knights. Yeah. Um, it's a Plague's Tale, The Return of the Ratning. It's, that is true, but... It's, what I, I was about to look a list of every game under 75, but no, we don't have time for that. Um, no. I would describe Ghostwire Tokyo almost kind of like a first person Yakuza meets control, I think is like a, is okay. an interesting Wait, way of I'm kind of thinking now. about it. Yeah. So you play as a character named um, Akito, who is. I don't, I'm not quite sure if he was just unconscious or if he was dead at the very start, but essentially like right at the start of the game, he's in a car accident and is at the very least just not moving. And a spirit uh, inhabits his body, whose name is KK, and essentially kind of like wakes him up and kind of, you know, tries to fight him for control of his body. Um, they kind of, you know, fight it out, whatever. Um, but during this time, this big, like ominous fog sweeps over Tokyo and essentially just like, I don't know, like vaporizes or, you know what, but like essentially everybody who's caught in the fog just disappears and turns into a spirit. Um, casual. And these, right. These big, like kind of demonic entities kind of come through and, um, start capturing the spirits and kind of, you know, sending them off and whatever. Um, but Akito, KK, they're still around. And so, like, you know, your big thing is um, Akito's trying to find his sister. He got in a car accident as he was on the way to his hos- to the hospital to see his sister. He mm-hmm. wants to see if she's okay. And that kind of, like, kicks off their whole journey together. Um but the, I mean, the entire time, like you are, it's very, it is like pretty open world, just kind of you're wandering around Tokyo. You're going through back alleys. You're like pretty early on, you can zip up onto rooftops and you can glide around and you're like, there's a lot of verticality. You're really able to kind of explore this split, this space. Um, okay. But the big, I mean, the big kind of like, 
in that way, it reminds me a lot of Yakuza. Like there's a lot yeah. of authenticity in what it feels like. Like there are times where I'm running through and it feels almost like I'm playing a Yakuza game mm-hmm. where it's like you're running through the streets and it's just like all of the details seem very like pure and intentional and like they were really trying to go for this authenticity. Um, and additionally, like there's just a lot of Japanese folklore in this. Like there are a lot okay. of side quests that focus on like these specific yokai or these specific like kind of corrupted spirits or whatever um, that play into Japanese folklore. So if you are a person who's like really into learning more about Japanese culture, there's, I think there's interesting stuff here in the same way that like Yakuza, I mean, Yakuza is kind of a cartoon in a lot of ways, but like you get done playing a Yakuza game. I feel like you have some better understanding of Japanese culture because you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing so much of like this stuff being presented in this specific yeah, way. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, so it reminds me a lot of that. And then the control kind of aspect comes in because it's very like, it's, it's supernatural, but it's also like very mind bendy in spots. Like you'll go inside a hallway and it'll be like a bunch of warping stuff and stuff's like moving all over the place. And this thing like drops down and like the environment is like shifting and changing and doing all these kind of things. Um, and that like, it's kind of like in those moments, like those are probably the moments where the game feels the most spooky. Like okay. whenever, whenever you're in these tight corridors and it's just like stuff shifting around you and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. But outside of it, like the game really doesn't feel spooky, scary. Like I would say okay. between control and Ghostwire Tokyo, like control would easily, easily be the scarier game of the two. Um, control gets kind of scary at times. Yeah. Control has its stuff. And I think like, I mean, the main the main things that are also kind of like spooky are just like the main enemies because like, you know, the the main enemy that you kind of run into is like basically Slenderman. Like yeah. he's has no face and he has an umbrella and he comes at you like really fast. And they're like headless schoolgirls who are doing cartwheel kicks at you. And there's like this big lady with long hair and a pair of scissors where <laughs> she like runs. So, I mean, yeah. there's like, you know, the enemy the the types of enemies can be kind of creepy, but there's not like, I'm not getting like, they're not jumping out at me. They're not like, it's, it really kind of feels like it's this action adventure kind of thing just happening to have kind of a more spooky kind of feel on it. Um, but it's been like, you know, I'm four, five-ish hours into it. Um, yeah. The game, I think like, how long to beat has it at like, if you go straight through it, like about 10 to 11 hours, if you do some of the extras, oh. like, um, I think it's in, I thought it'd be, yeah. I mean, it says with like, um, doing extras and stuff, it'll put you over 20. And I think like completionist is a good bit higher than that. Um, okay. because there's like, there's a lot of stuff. Like there, there are a lot of side quests. There are a lot of like collectible things. Um, they're, spirits all over town that you can like absorb and transfer. Um, they give you new powers, but there's like a, you know, at this point in the game, I have maybe I've found maybe like 10% of them. Yeah. Um, so they're, you know, they're all over. They're also like tanukis who are hiding as like inanimate objects all over the place that I think you're supposed to kind of like find out. Um, so there's a lot of, I imagine like if you want to go through and you want to collect everything, it'll take you some time. Um, 
but but no, I mean it's it has been really interesting. The it feels I remember whenever it came out, there were a number of reviews that were like this game feels old in okay. some ways. Like it feels like a game that should have come out like 10 years ago. And I get what it means because it is very like on the one hand, so like the way that you do combat is that like the spirit inside of you essentially kind of like lets you project these elements and everything. And you're doing all these like Naruto hand motions where it's like all of these finger signs and everything. And you're like throwing wind missiles and fireballs and stuff. And he's doing all of these like rapid ninja hand movements. And then you rip this guy's seal out and he's like, has all this yarn, these like spirit string that he's pulling it out with. Um, and the motions are super neat. Like whenever you're watching it, it's like, it's like, Oh, this is super cool. Like he's not, it's not this static thing. It's all this like really cool stuff, but like actually playing the combat feels very like kind of stilted and like not super smooth. Yeah. Um, it doesn't like it's on the occasion that I've gotten into like a rhythm where it feels like I'm like comboing stuff. Like it, feels really kinetic and interesting, but most of the time it's just kind of like these enemies will kind of appear and they'll kind of come to you. And I'm just kind of like backing up and throwing these things and doing this kind of stuff and just kind of like doing the same rhythm over and over. Um, And it's not like, it's fine. Like it's not um, the combat's like fine. It's serviceable in that way. But like, I get what it means because it does have this like, it's this weird kind of juxtaposition because you're seeing all of these like really intricate hand movements. And since it's like made for the PS five, it has like the dual sense is going crazy. So you're just like, you're feeling all of these rumbles and all of this haptic feedback and stuff. But then like the combat feels like, you know, some first person shooter that you probably yeah. played on like PS two, PS three or something like just in like it's actual flow of things. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the the other kind of, like, negative, if you could call it that, is just, like, you know, not super invested in, like, what the main story kind of is. Because it's, you know, by and large, it's, he's trying to find his sister. They're trying to, like, they're trying to end what's happening. But there's not, like, at least so far, there's not, like, any big wrinkles or anything that's, like, too terribly interesting there. Right. It's just, like, by and large, like... I'm enjoying playing it and just kind of like, you know, I'll take on, I'll wander up this to the spirit who's like, Oh, there's a, there's a Kadama spirit that's in this tree. Can you protect him? And like, I'll do this quest and then I'll get like, you know, I'll learn a little bit more about some of the, some of the overall mythology and like, I'll be interested in some of those things and then I'll kind of move on and do something else. And like, but overall, like, playing the game and just kind of like exploring the game feels better than like, I I care more about that than I do about the actual like story or the, right. um, yeah. the combat. Um, and even the combat's like kind of sparse. Like it, I remember hearing people saying like, it almost kind of feels like a walking sim in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like in some respects kind of does. Cause there, there can be like pretty decent distance between combat encounters Um, so you are almost just kind of like wandering around by yourself. Hmm. Um, I will say the, the, the wrinkle that did kind of make it more tense was there is a moment 
where, and I think it's implied that it happens more than once, but there is a moment where you lose access to the spirit KK, okay. but you're still expected to like proceed. Like you have to go find oh, him. And yeah. so, but you don't have your spirit powers. You don't have like any of this stuff. And so then all of a sudden it's like, Oh crap. Like I can't, I can't do this because all you have is like a bow and arrow and you can like sneak yeah. up on enemies, but it's like legitimately like, there's no way I could handle any. And also like arrows, you have all of like maybe 10 arrows. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like you're just, you're just, and yeah, it's like in that moment, something. right. It's in that moment that the game does feel more like a survival horror game than anything, because you do feel like you're having to actively like stealth around right. and pick people off rather than just walking in there and just like wind missile pistol shots straight in everybody's face. Um, right. So, so yeah, I mean, I am, I'm pleasantly surprised with it. Like I've, I don't feel like I've been like blown away in any sort of like huge way. I think my expectations were pretty well set for it. Um, but it's definitely like a good, game like there's nothing i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it like there isn't anything that's just bad or wrong it's just like it's probably not as great as it could be but it's still fine and like i think like as a game like especially if you're into if you're into that whole kind of vibe like you're you don't really want the scary super disturbing kind of stuff but you want something that's still like well there's spirits and there's like a little bit of creepy stuff um, it may kind of be up your alley. So, yeah, I like nice. it. Sounds yeah. like a good time. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, and it sounds like it, I, from the clips I've seen, it kind of gives me like the combat's like a little Skyrim esque at times. Um, just with like the first person bit of it, but um, yeah, it, and it probably kind of feels like, it. I mean, cause Skyrim combat, like, at its core kind of feels like ass. So yes, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's probably not a bad comparison to kind of like think about how Skyrim feels and probably kind of <laughs> Skyrim know, assume that that's about how it's going to feel. Here. If you could turn the encounter um, rate down on Skyrim, it would just be a walking simulator with an occasional yeah. better combat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Other than that though, I've been um, almost reluctantly still playing a lot of Overwatch 2. I say reluctantly because like, well, I mean like playing the game, I love it, but it's still in a state right now where it's like, I'll go into a competitive match and it'll be on one, like, and it's not even like one team versus, it's like literally like our tank will be one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. And then this DPS person right next to him has never picked up a game in their life. And like, it's still, everybody is so, is still so like intermingled Mm -hmm. that it feels very, it almost feels like this roulette where you're going into a game and it's like, who, where is everybody? Like who is, is like at what level is anybody in this game right now? Um, so that's been the weird, that's been the biggest yep. thing is just like, you know, kind of not knowing going into it. And then like, you know, I'll go into, um, they have, since I, since I'm kind of at the point where I'm just like, I've, I'm resigning to my life as playing support only. Yep. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can 
like really get into Kiriko, the new support hero. And so then I'll go, I'll hop into a quick match and play yeah. that way. And then I'll join a team where it's like four DPS. And it's like, what is even the point in me trying to play a support hero mm-hmm. right now while you guys are just like kamikazing straight into like well, your doom? Well, I know. So I'm having the same, same issues that you are. Um, whereas like one match, I mean, I have like God level players next to me and they're, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I'll be a tank or I'll be a healer. And just, you know, they'll run to me and I can hear my chat. Like, all right, where I hear heal me. And I'm just like hanging in the back. Like you got it. <laughs> like, here you go, but, <laughs> and then I get into worse after, but, uh, I know you like queue into specific, like I'm doing support queue. Um, when you do, uh, you're online, I do open um have you done any open ones yet yeah so i i kind of go back and forth i started with open because like that was the thing whenever overwatch because when overwatch started it was it was open queue like that's just what it like there was no role queue um and role queue came about from like the complaints of people being like I'm tired of going into these games and like everybody's queuing DPS and like we need like we need certain roles we need whatever um and so then role queue kind of came out about that and my problem whenever it came out initially was like it takes away some of the flexibility like it takes away some mm-hmm, of that mm-hmm. like which I still feel even now yeah. and to some extent like even more so since it's 5v5 instead of 6v6 because it's like if you go into roll queue there's just one tank there's no option for like a even a two tank combo um but i haven't had like the best experiences in the open queue because like sometimes it'll be good like people will it'll be like two tanks and like a DPS and a couple of healers or like two tanks and two DPS and like one healer and whatever but it does feel like at least right now with the state of things and like not knowing to what it cuz like i feel like when people are when people are like in a place where like they understand the flow of the game they're going to go and like kind of they they know what roles need to be filled so they know okay we're lacking this we need to move into this we need to whatever but it still feels like it's in that state where you're getting a bunch of like people that just aren't familiar with overwatch that are coming in and being like okay we have two tanks we have two dps we have a healer um but we're just not breaking through we need more dps so the healer now the healer's dps and now the tank now he's dps and it feels like it's still maybe once things kind of settle more, I'll probably play more open queue, but at least right now it's been a thing where there's been enough like people being really set in on, I'm going to, I'm going to be the person to carry this team that they just end up like the games end up kind of devolving and not being fun. (laughs) And so at least like right now, doing roll queue it's like okay i can at least guarantee that there will be it may be potentially less interesting because there's everybody has a tank and two dps and two healers and there's like there's no flex in that but i think with like where things are 
it's the safest bet if you, if you want to get into a game and actually like play the game potentially. Yeah. Well, I, I asked that because I do like predominantly open queue and competitive. Yep. And I don't know if you noticed, but the current meta and it, it blows my mind is a four tank, one healer. Like the amount of yep. times I'm queuing in, I'm like, okay, I'll play Arissa. And then it's all of a sudden there's a diva, there's a Roadhog, and there's a Winston. And then someone picks Lucio. Oh, yep. sorry. My dog is uh, losing <laughs> it. So I'm going to mute and you can carry us into our next well, bit. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and that was like, that was an old meta from Overwatch 1. Like, um, having four tanks just because, I mean, it's so much. And now, especially too, since Overwatch 2. Maybe even more so since Overwatch 2 is built in this way where it's like, okay, you're just going to have one tank. Tanks are beefier. They can take more damage. And so the idea of like, okay, well, now you're going to have four of them. Like, people can't DPS enough of that down. (laughs) And so like, and that's the tough thing with it is like, I think like once they start kind of refining some things and, and people start settling into their like matchmaking brackets you'll there'll be a little bit more like of a safety net to be able to yeah. go into open queue safely um but right now i'm just like you know it, the only thing people can handle is playing the game the way that that blizzard intended it so yep. right now that's just what i'm gonna kind of do um and if it means because i mean that's the thing is like well i if i queue i i queue for all queues so yeah. occasionally i'll get into like a tank um, game or something. Um, but it's just, since nobody ever wants to play support, it just means that I get into a match every like 30 seconds. And I'd rather mm-hmm. do that than wait 10 minutes to get yep. in and play like as Reaper or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but they have a Halloween event coming on. They have, you know, they have patches and stuff and, yeah. um, it'll all, it'll all settle out, but, um, I have to keep like, trying to break myself away from playing it because I'm like, I have other stuff to play. Yeah. You're getting frustrated by this yes. mm-hmm. because of just how like chaotic everything is. You need to just move on and give it some time. And I'm just like, but I I just want to I want to break through it. I want to <laughs> want to brute force this thing. My general rule is if I'm playing late at night, I'm like okay, we do a quick a quick play match just to warm up. First yep. competitive match, we we go till we lose is what I do. Yep. And so if I'm winning, I'm like I I play till I lose. Um, yep. The most I've gotten is like four wins straight, and then I lost. I'm like, all right, that was a great run. Let's 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 end it. Sometimes I lose out the gate and be like, yep, nope, it's not worth it. Let's just let's call it a night and let's move on. Yeah. That is that's probably yeah, that's probably a good principle for me, just because like there've been a lot of like tilts recently where it'll be like, oh, I went five, and then I lose eight straight. Yeah, yeah, it's like. (laughs) I, I ride the hand, whether it's ice cold or I'm red hot. I'm like, all right. Sometimes I win one, I lose one. I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's just the way the cards fall. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah. I need to go with that. Maybe I'll try that tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Corey, you've been playing anything else? No, because uh, I, when I say I finished Inscription, I mean, um, it's like... Uh, Mere minutes ago. Yeah, like uh, two hours ago, uh, I finished <laughs> Inscription. Like, uh, so... Uh, I'm going to be booting up a Plague's Tale Requiem 
uh, soon. Um, and I am very, very excited for it. Wonderful. Well, Corey, well, um, playing some, still some Xenoblade and Pokemon Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Still, me too. Um, like 30 minutes here and there at a time. Yeah. I'm still working through it too. Um, still very much enjoying it and still have, uh, plans to finish up before too long, but just not yet. Yep. Um, but yeah, Corey, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about disturbing things. Womp womp. After this. Corey, we're back um, <laughs> with the, uh, who knows, the, the most, okay. Let, so let me start this off okay. <laughs> by saying, because I feel like it needs a little bit of explanation. So my wife and I started watching the Dahmer uh, Netflix like kind of series that came out with um, Evan. What is it? Uh, what's his name? Evan Peters. Uh, with, yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah, um, he's he plays Jeffrey Dahmer, and it's this very like you know we we watch a fair you know we watch the we watch a lot of this yeah. kind of stuff. My wife especially is very into true crime things. I, I like it too. Mm-hmm. I'm not like the most obsessed with it, but, um, but we started it. It's like 10 episodes. We made it about four or five. And then she was like, I'm not, I don't really want to watch it. And I was like, just tonight. Or you mean like anymore? And she's like, anymore. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you because like the, the entire first half of the show is almost this kind of like, because the show is called like Dahmer monster colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Like it, it very much emphasizes like he was a monster. It very much is kind of like telling the story and it feels at the beginning, like there are these long, like 30 minute stretches where you're just uncomfortable at like, because I mean, because Jeffrey Dahmer's whole thing was he was a serial killer mm. who more who murdered you know over a dozen people, and in that also too like eight parts of them mm. chopped them up, boiled out their bodies, did like just kind of like horrible things, and in a lot of cases like I don't know his whole history, but a majority of his murders were gay black men, yep. and so like there were there was that element to it too, and their entire like the beginning of the show doesn't really seem like it goes into um, examine the psychology. It's not examining some of the people surrounding him. It's very much just like over his shoulder showing just this, these horrible, brutal like murders or just like living in the, like that disturbing space alongside him and his victims. Now, from what I hear, Um, ironically, like in the episode or two later, so like the sixth ish episode, it actually starts to do that. It starts to show more of the like people who were affected and starts showing a little bit more of that, which like would have loved to see sooner. But like that beginning part seems like it's not because I mean, that's that, that is the core of like true crime and serial killer obsessions is the psychology of it. Like what could drive a person to this? Like just the fascination of seeing this unfold. But like, I feel like to do it well, you're telling these stories and you're also like 
examining. You're seeing the psych. You're seeing the people who were the police who are investigating yeah. it, trying to track him down, but being evaded. You're seeing the psychologist and the families who are like suffering through these kind of things. Like you're seeing how all of this is impacting the greater world. And this just like felt like this perverse, like let's just follow this monster and just like see what kind of shit he gets up to. Um, And it wasn't great. And so it kind of like, we came into last week's episode and I was like, man, like this is on my mind. I want to, I want to talk about it, but it also like kind of brought me into the greater whole of media where it's like, at what point is, is it too much? Or is at what point is the disturbing does like, what is the level that has to be balanced for like disturbing and meaning like what, like, and I mean, obviously that threshold is different because some people, they want to play a game like postal or they want to watch a movie like, who knows? I don't know. Um, what's a, uh, a saw, a saw, I don't know, yeah. maybe um, something that is just entirely like it's, it's murder. It's, right. it's brutal. Like it's yeah. just, it's the gore factor. And it's like, what, what is the balance? Like at what point does the disturbing justify itself to feel like, like it's actually like worth doing? Um, because like you see games like the last of us, for instance, which like the last of us is like kind of an homage to, um, Cormac McCarthy's the road. Yes. And like, it's a very, it's very much this like long human examination of suffering. Like there are few moments of joy. It's such an unhappy thing, but it feels like there's meaning in it. You know, like it feels like that, right. It feels like that suffering is translating and also like communicating something. Mm -hmm. It's communicating something about the human condition. It's communicating something about these relationships. Um, And I don't know. I mean, again, like I said at the top, to some extent it feels kind of aimless because I felt like I was in a better like kind of headspace aiming in on this. But like, you know, from your perspective, like are you are you really into the like just I, I mean s- sticking to video games for yep. a second. Like are you really into the like I'm gonna play I'm gonna play a game where it's literally just like I'm a drifter and I wander into this town and I'm just gonna like I'm going to behead this man and I'm going to rape this lady and I'm going to di- like, <laughs> I mean, but, but, I yeah. mean, there are games that are like that where yeah, like that no, is the entire thing. And like, I mean, is that anything like, do you see a world where it's like, yeah, I could jam out to this on a, on a Thursday night. No, absolutely not. I mean, the, I, I've made, I think my, uh, aversion to scaring horror stuff, like a very known thing. And yeah. where I, where I think it kind of draws the line or reaches the point where it's sorry. My dog is just like breathing, like right <laughs> here, like at the mic. Hold on. Yeah, he's going very, he's very nervous and very upset. He really is the time of day where we, I grab his leash and, um, I can't say the words or he'll lose it, but it's like, and he's just kind of looking at me like, all right. But, um, for me, when we reach the point of like, okay, this is just like, there, there's no purpose to this is like when it's for the sake of 
violence. It's, it, there, right. there is not like a, this is like the reality of a situation or this isn't like the, the consequence of like a poor decision and poor actions. This is, it's when it's like, this is just violence for violence sake. This is just gore for gore's sake. Um, and keeping it like in a video game medium, like let's look, we, we were some at the last of us. So I'm going to use that as an example. There's also like tomb Raider. Um, there's also, uh, they've shown it in like the Callisto protocol coming up as well, but like death scenes, like your character dies and they show them dying in a grotesque, horrendous, like very disturbing way, whether it's like your head being eaten off or it's Laura Croft falling and like being impaled through a spike or yep. it's Joel having his like throat ripped out or his intestines pulled out, stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's probably how they go. I, I don't need to see it. Just show like a falling over, like being tackled animation or something like that. Like I don't need to see. For me, I've always just it was always like, a, I don't care to see this like super grotesque, horrendous, like active, like death that's going to happen to this character. I'd rather just get a, a, a dark souls, Elden ring. You died screen. Yeah. <laughs> just, just bring me back. I, um, and I think a lot of video games specifically revel in like the fun, death scenes that they show i i use the word fun and with quotations as like that's probably how they see it. it's like oh like look like you goofed this is what happens i'm like okay yeah i goofed you know but i don't need to see this horrendous act that you've shown and i think moving away from video games especially into television and movies they really want the shock factor and shock factor is nothing without substance behind it you know that's why I think like the the term jump scare is it has all in my opinion is like jump scares are a cheap scare. It's a we're gonna throw this at the screen. Like, yeah, it's a suspenseful scene and we want to keep you on your toes, but it isn't like it isn't something like Halloween where there's the suspense. I'm not saying Halloween's are, are good movies or anything like that, but it's like Michael Myers. He is the fear factor in of itself. His mere presence brings mm, like uneasiness to you, no matter what scene he's in. Yeah, he has his jump scares. Yes, he has um, like his moments of like brutal violence, but it's. It's never, I feel like, at the expense for the sake of it, even though that it, he is violence for violence's sake. But his right. purpose as a whole um, is to be, his substance is horror. It, like, it's meant to revolve around him. Unlike, trying to think of a good example, um, let's go back to The Road, because there's a movie for The Road. Um, there's a moment yeah, where yeah. With I believe- Aragorn. I could- with Aragorn, yeah. I believe there's a moment where, like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be misremembering this and, like, uh, contextualizing it, the different movie where they showed, like, cannibalism and, like, they show it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need to see that. Like, I, like he, he specifically at one point, like, states, like, what is happening. And, they, and then, and I believe it's shown. I'm like, I don't need to see that. Yes, this is a brutal landscape. This is a very, very tough, not tough, this is, uh, I believe it's like the human suffering, the human condition of suffering is like kind of what the story is about, but I don't need to like see like th this act of violence happening. I know it's happening. I don't need to, 
I can visualize it already. I don't need it to be shown to me. And, it, and in that scene, it feels specifically like that we are doing this for the sake of doing it. Like the audience knows what's happening. He knows what's happening. Unfortunately, uh, his child knows what's happening as well to like a degree. And this is just, we're going to show it to you because you need to see how bad it is. You need to know like this world really sucks as if we hadn't already known that for the past hour of this movie. Yeah. And yeah, those are like, and I, I think video games sometimes can like really, really revel in those ideas of just like, we're, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be gross. And like, well, we're going to, we get to show it off and people are going to love it. And I really don't. I just, I, I really, really don't. Well, and, and that's the, and it's the tough thing. Like us having this conversation, it's a very like poo poo, all these kind of things. Like it doesn't change the fact that I don't really get it. Like I don't yeah. really get, because I think about games like Binding of Isaac, for instance, yeah. Binding of Isaac plays really well, but I would love Binding of Isaac to death if the entire aesthetic did not exist where it was, okay, yeah. well, uh, you're, it's all poop and it's, yeah. uh, and it's all this blood and gore and great. Like, be, I mean, it's, it's religious and there's a lot of like mm-hmm. stuff in there that's very allegorical, but it also just feels like, oh, haha, do you know what'd be funny? Like, it's just a, like, it's the poop monster. And like, let's, let's manifest these things in very like, like dark, dank, nasty kind of ways. Um, And like in some people, that's just kind of like their vibe is Mm -hmm. like, they, they really love that for whatever reason. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily like super get into it, but it's never been really my thing. Um, And I think like to some extent, like they do kind of play off of that where they know that there are people who are just like really living for some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also agree with what you said. Like, I think there's something to be said about the reliance on like that shock to Mm -hmm. actually like to do something because like, so the game that comes to mind that I've haven't played, but like remains to be like very intriguing to me. And even though I know it would be a very disturbing experience, like in my mind is like, I just gotta see how it works is Doki Doki literature club. Um, yep. I, which like if you've never heard of Doki Doki Literature Club I won't like spoil kind of like some big stuff but effectively it is a visual novel mm-hmm. where you are like you are a boy who is in a literature club at school with these four girls and you're just existing in this space and making relationships and it's a visual novel game mm-hmm. um, but it takes very dark turns yes. and plays with a lot of like gaming conceptions that make the game like very unsettling um, to the point where like, I don't know how it, because now it's on consoles. I don't yeah. know how it works with some of that, but like whenever it was originally on uh, computer only, there were things where like, files like game files and stuff in the computer would be changed like names and like doing mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff where it was like it was that kind of like the game was reaching out into your own reality kind of thing that was some of the elements yep. of it but like the thing that always and i think the thing that remains like super interesting to me about 
horror and just horror aesthetics and things like that is like, is that like, because I think there is a natural draw to some of the, like some of the psychological and just some of the, like, I think like towing that line of danger, like trying to like feeling that and trying to understand and just really kind of like trying to wrap your mind around some of this unfathomable nature, um, which is where like all of the Lovecraft obsession came from just like the, the unknowing or the unknowable like horrors. And I think there, and I think to me, that's whenever like horror and disturbing kind of, things can do can be the most effective is whenever it is like it's living in the background it's Mm -hmm. jaws who you don't see at any points other than like very small amounts or the thing where it's like these very small things that just kind of pop up here and there um and that's how doki doki literature club is where it is i mean it's a visual novel and like yeah there's stuff that shows up that is legitimately like oh shit like this is the creepiest thing i've ever seen in my life like it's still a it's a visual novel so it's still images it's not like stuff that's moving yeah so they're having to play with your conventions and that's what always seems to me it's like this is this is like if you're going to do horror, if you're going to do something, this is the kind of stuff you need to play with because yeah. it's always more horrible what you are thinking in your imagination yeah. than what you're just seeing. Like, yeah. oh, I saw him eat that ear off. Yeah. Like, that was more horrible than the um, than me imagining that he did it. Yeah. No, nobody says that. Oh, Maybe somebody yeah. does. Some people do. I mean, <laughs> the, these are our opinions of it. And I mean, they're... There's some plenty of like situations where like movies, books, video games, where like th- there's a time and place to show what the the thing or like what whatever like the creature is or the person is like you do. I don't know if you need to show, but people need to understand like the acts that they can commit. Like this person is a monster this person is evil but there comes a point i think in those scenes where it's like is the art reveling in what they're showing or are they trying to bring an understanding to the audience because i find there's a big difference with that um of like hey here's what they're doing this is like how this is how bad it is this is how low people can go this is the type of person this is the monster like that they can be to being like, this is what they did. This is is like embracing and trying to show off in a way to really make you, to disgust you, to really um, like break you down and like, oh, like I like kind of just like really freak you out. I think there's a huge difference in those two types of ways between being like, oh, wow, I like he, he is messed up. Like I, I understand like the levels of, like horror that's been brought to this to like i'm just disgusted by what i've seen i don't want to see any more it's like kind of sounds like where y'all got to specifically in Dahmer, where it's just like i this is just it's just too much it's i've you i've heard you talk about it. i've seen my other friends they've talked about Dahmer. me and my wife we haven't watched it mainly because people have been like it just focuses too much on like the acts he commits there isn't like yeah. a more substance behind other than it's like this is what he was doing and it sounds like he's netflix revels in like peter's performance and like what he's 
doing as Dahmer. And yep. I think it, it put a lot of people off. Whereas like, you know, the, so Zac Efron did a Ted Bundy, Bundy similar yeah. style thing, um, a year or two back. Mm-hmm. And like, that was interesting. I mean, yes. partially because like Ted Bundy, I mean, no, like not to diminish anything that Ted Bundy did, but Ted Bundy in my perception was not nearly as like horrible or horrific in what he did. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, by and large, he, he just garden variety killed people um, it, instead of eating and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like there's anytime I've ever watched like a Ted Bundy thing, sometimes it's kind of amazing. Like how he became like such a big, because like there were so many blunders, like he seemed like kind of an idiot He's and like he seemed idiot. And the cops around him and the people around him seemed kind of like idiots. And it's like, I think there's a fascinating element to watching this and being like, how in the world did this happen? Yeah. Like how did this guy just stumble his way into killing all of these people? And so there is that element to where you can watch it and it'd be that, but yeah, like the Dahmer thing definitely feels like it's kind of reveling in. Oh yeah. You know him. He's a, he's a sick mother. (laughs) He's you, you want to see it, don't you? Yeah, it's here. It is. Here's that head in his fridge. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to show it to you. And, like, I don't know. I'm just not really my thing. Um, no, but, I, I mean, and again, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it wasn't like, I don't, I mean, we were watching it. It's not like it was worse than anything we had ever seen. Like, I mean, there are plenty of, there are plenty of things we've seen that are more like, gruesome or whatever but it just it felt like it was it didn't feel like there was anything more to it it just felt like this is what we were here for yeah and that we had five more episodes of just this and i was like i'm not here for this um so again it's kind of like a it's a it's a potentially a reduction kind of thing but that's it's kind of i mean seems like where we're both coming from where it's just like hey like you know disturbing for disturbing sake is it worthwhile Probably not. No. Can you enjoy it? Yeah. Maybe. Should you? Uh, debatable. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that is for you to decide. It is. Yep. Everyone has their own interest and their own likes, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's um, Corey. Yes. Uh, next week, uh, we are talking about. Something are you going to talk about Plague's Tale? Yeah. Probably the Ratning. Yep. Um, Ratatouille who returns. Knows, yeah. Who knows what I'll be playing? I might. I mean, definitely more Overwatch Two. I'm sure. Oh um, yeah. Probably done with Ghostwire Tokyo. Maybe inscription. I'll play, uh, inscription. You Maybe should, I'll play some inscription. Play who knows? Inscription. Um. But yeah, Corey. Um. This episode's running long. So yep. where can people find you on the internet, sir? Uh, they can find me over on Instagram at hash slinging thrasher over on Twitter at stay thrashy or over on arcade cozy, our Twitter page at arcade underscore cozy. Um, and yeah, as uh, always go, uh, leave a like, leave a review on wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear what y'all think, some feedback and, uh, yeah, just whatever whatever you're feeling. Uh, where can everyone go and find uh, you, Mr. Chris? 
you can find me at Swiss Von Joe on Twitter. You can find us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram at Four Point Pixel. Um, keep an eye out. I've been teasing it. New shirts yes, yes. coming. Yep. Uh, Corey, you're about to see it. New shirt. There it is. Woo! Oh boy, Look at that shirt. First ever eyes on a shirt. Wow. Um, too bad, everybody, you didn't get to see it. Um, but yeah, keep keep an eye out. New stuff coming. I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, everybody, um, I had a great time talking about yeah. disturbing stuff. Same. Always Ooh. fun. Um, but yeah, until next week, Corey, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life's hectic. Why should your hobbies be, be too? too? Ooh, ooh, ooh.